0: Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now, here's the message. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our first, again, our first of many Christmas services happening every single Sunday and also concluding on Christmas Eve. Those will be our final Christmas services. Join us for all of those. Keep Uh, Keep looking at social media for the times to make sure that they're specific and they're right. Love to see you every week. Um, Hey, it's Christmas time. Is anybody in the Christmas mood? Um, Sorry if you have Grinch feelings right now, but we're in the Christmas mood. Uh, I love Christmas, and one of the most common things that we find around Christmas, just Christmas time in general, is the commonality of uh, lights going up all over the place. Lights in people's houses, lights on, on people's houses, lights in businesses, lights in coffee shops, lights on trees, lights in the neighborhood, lights in cities. Come on, even if you are in, at work and someone just puts a strand of lights across their desk, like 10 lights, all of a sudden you feel the Christmas cheer. And um, that's a beautiful thing when Christmas comes around, you know, elves are moving around the house, amen, anybody's got, right? My daughter woke up this morning and said, dad can you believe? She's four years old. Dad, can you believe the elves moved again? I said, no, I can't, honey. But your mother, I guarantee you, she can believe it. (laughs) She can believe it. They have a close relationship, those elves and their mom. Um, But for this specific amount of time that we're together at Christmas around December and we're celebrating, we're, we're getting acclimated to this sense of joy and peace that's in the atmosphere and this the festivities and the gift-giving and, the, gift giving and the, the hope and the encouragement that just comes from this season. But for Christians, uh, this really is just a celebration of something that we actually hold on to all year round. It's something that is at the foundation, not just of, of what we feel around Christmas time. it's something that we believe the, in the entirety of the year. In January, in February in March, we're standing on the very thing that we're celebrating in December. See, I got up on, on the stage today, and I, I didn't question whether or not this stage is going to fall through, and I'm going to fall through the floor. There's a foundation that's stable there, and I keep doing it every week, and so I get accustomed to the foundation that I'm standing on. I get accustomed to the stability of what I'm resting on. And then at Christmas time, in the same way, we're highlighting what we're actually standing on all year round, what stabilizes us all year round. Are you with me this morning? We're actually standing on the very thing that God established himself, that he gave us as the greatest gift ever, right? So we observe Christmas lights, but the reality is Jesus is the light of the world all year round, right? We, we understand that we uh, give gifts to one another, but Jesus is the greatest gift that we've ever been given. We understand that there's joy and hope and peace. It's on the cups. It's on the coffee cups. It's on stockings. But Jesus is the joy and the hope and the peace that we are stabilized by every day of the year. And so what we're actually highlighting in December and what we're highlighting every year at Christmas time and around Christmas time as Christians is this anticipation that we all feel, the hope that we found in the Messiah. And the sense of anticipation is something that I believe is in every human being. Every single one of us, this, this sense of anticipation, like my, my daughter got up this morning longing for me to open the advent calendar so she could put a piece of chocolate in her mouth. This, this anticipation, she gets up with it. She's longing for it. She's hopeful for it. She's excited about it. There's, there's a sense of knowing that something's coming, and it's chocolate. But for us as Christians, there's a deeper need. For humanity, there's a deeper need, an anticipation of something that people are longing for. And it's something that Jesus highlights. So for the people of Israel, it was the anticipation of the Messiah who would come. In their captivity, in their depression, in their discouragement, in their longing, there was a hope that God would come and be their deliverer. There was prophecies about God being their deliverer. So when Mary and Joseph, when they're on the scene there in the New Testament... There's the hope and the anticipation of Christ growing in the womb. The promise of anticipation, the promise of anticipation being fulfilled. For Elizabeth and John the Baptist, there's this moment where uh, it says the child leapt in the womb. In the presence of God, there was a moment where, where spiritually something took place. Even before the children were born, something took place. Because an anticipation was being fulfilled. A, A longing was taking place for a man named Simeon in the New Testament who was a man who was in the temple. There was a promise fulfilled about his life that he would see the birth of the Messiah before he died. So this man Simeon is going to see the fulfillment of this anticipation that he's been longing for for so long. For Anna in the temple, she'd been anticipating a redeemer for decades. For the people of God, it was centuries of waiting for the Messiah to show up. For creation, it goes all the way back to the fall in the garden. This longing for hope for Jesus to bring hope and restoration and reconciliation to people, to life, to eternity from sin, from brokenness, this hope, this desire, this longing for things to be fixed in our lives. That whether we're believers or not, there's still a longing for things to be fixed. In the heavenly realm, there were angels, hosts of angels who celebrated, anticipated bringing the good news of Jesus, the arrival of Jesus. So with Christmas, what I'm saying is that when it arrives, it brings with it this sense of anticipation. The sense of looking forward to something that's bright in the darkness. Because we live in a dark world. And as we continue to grow in a dark world, Jesus is very aware of that. Because he called us to be light in darkness. He called us to be salt in a very unsalted world. A world lacking flavor. A world lacking hope. Jesus positioned us as those who've seen light and seen hope to be the very thing. That brings light and brings hope. This is the first thing I want to point out about our Messiah, Jesus. Is number one, that light has come. Lights come so we can see. Remember last year when the, the power grid went out? And then you were cooking whatever was left over in the fridge? You didn't even know what it was. You just knew it was in the fridge. You couldn't see it. Just throw it in. Some of you had a lighter that you're just trying to light. Whatever this is, I hope it's good. And For some of us, we had to stumble around in the dark trying to find our way. Especially when you'd run across the house because the lights would go on for 60 seconds. You got all excited, plugged your phone in. Remember this torment that we went through? You've easily forgotten the trauma that you once went through, but this was it. 60 seconds of power into your phone and then you ran away. Thinking, okay, we're good. The phone's going to charge only for it to go out again. See, God isn't like that. He doesn't dim his light in our lives. He doesn't go out in our lives. He remains. Light came so that we could see. Matthew, uh, he's actually quoting Isaiah chapter 9. He tells us this verse. It's a a prophetic verse from from the Old Testament. He says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This is a, a promise of Jesus to come, a promise of the Messiah, the promise of who we put our hope in now the reminder of who Jesus is. John says it about, says about Jesus this way. He says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The light was present. The light was there, yet so many people didn't see him. So many people couldn't see him. And at the time of, of Jesus' birth, I believe the reason so many could not see him was because they were seeing just the pain and the sorrow and the difficulty of the world around them. At the time of Jesus' birth, there's injustice, there's violence, there's poverty, there's homelessness, there's factions, there's religious upheaval, there's political upheaval, there's social upheaval, there's zealots on this side, there's riots on this side. This is all at the time of Jesus. Does that sound familiar today? Does it sound like the heart of man has changed much for those who don't know God, for those who don't believe that humanity has the answer? No, no, it's the same thing we saw then that we see now. People were looking around at what was going on, trying to make sense of it, trying to make sense of the darkness, trying to explain it to their kids. That's a whole other level of discussion, isn't it? explaining the evil and the injustice that you see, not just to make sense of us, uh, yourself and get it sorted out in here, yeah. but get it sorted out in a way where you can actually explain to your kids where their hope should be yeah. and how they can live in this world in spite of what they see, yeah. how they can find strength in spite of what they're going through. You know, anxiety and depression for our young people has never been higher. Yeah. You know, statistically, statistically, uh, children as low as as, as 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, experiencing significant, significant, massive increases in anxiety and depression, ideations, all of these things. Why? The darkness of the world, the evil that people see, the injustice, the stuff that's going on. is not just weighing on us as adults. It's weighing on a generation that hasn't even been born, and their brains aren't even fully formed yet to be able to understand the depth of what's actually happening on the earth. We have a job to do as parents. It's to show people where the light is. It's to be the light that Christ has called us to be. It's to teach our children how to be the light and how to make sense of the darkness. See, when the lights go out in your house, you're feeling your way around. But right now, for people who don't know Jesus, they're feeling their way around, trying to make sense of something. Trying to make sense of hope, finding hope. Isaiah chapter 8, look at this. This is another prophetic verse about, about people, but it it speaks and echoes so much of what we see today. It says, distressed and hungry, they roam through the land. They look toward the earth, but they only see distress, and they only see darkness and fearful gloom. What's happening there? People are looking toward the earth. They're looking toward humanity. They're looking toward one another. They're looking toward humans. They're looking towards political leaders. They're looking towards social action. They're thinking, as humans, we have the answers for what the problems are. Does that, again, sound like today? Humanity putting upon itself its own shoulders, we've got the answer, if people only, only would listen to us. But then this side says, but if you would only listen to us. See, the arguments and the chaos and the confusion that we see now isn't new. It's in the heart of humanity, and until humanity looks to God, they'll continue to look toward, like this verse, look toward the earth, look toward the distress and the fearful gloom. It's the same thing, but today, now we look to education, we look to medicine, we look to uh, political changes, we look to social changes, thinking that will resolve all of the problems on the earth. The problem with that thinking is that it's like whack-a-mole. Remember when you would go to Chuck E. Cheese and you would play that game? Remember? It's like once you knock something down, something else comes up. And not only is it like that in society, it's like that in our personal lives. It's like that in our life. There there are things that once we see something taken care of, we turned our back long enough for something else to come up, something else to rise. And part of our responsibility is finding ourselves in the darkness of those seasons, finding who and what the true light is. Jesus. And not just thinking that humanity can heal itself, fix itself. See, light not only illuminates our situation, it brings clarity to our confusion right light brings clarity to our confusion you saw when the lights are out you're feeling your way through it very carefully at least at my age because when you go down it takes a lot longer to get up right the pain hurts more now than it did just about 10 years ago right (laughs) it take what used to take two weeks to heal takes about two months to heal I mean, about seven, eight years ago, I was still hitting, I was still skateboarding, hitting pools and doing all kinds of stuff, and I would hit the concrete, literally face down on the concrete, slamming, and I'd be like, oh, that stings, but like, okay, it's going to hurt for like three days, I'll be okay. It didn't break, okay, we're still good, we're all right. Now, I'm padded up, I'm like a beginner, I'm like, oh, no, I can't afford to be wearing a boot for eight weeks, I can't, I don't have time for this. I got to be careful. Can I get an amen? Some of you are like that, just weed eating the lawn. You're like, oh, Lord Jesus, don't let, me, don't let me break anything, twist anything. It was a rock. Oh, I took my ankle out. Ooh. Amen? Yeah. We all go through this careful step through life in the darkness. But when the light goes on and we know we're safe, we're, 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 a, little, we're a little more light. We carry a confidence about us. And Jesus came not to not for us to walk in an arrogance, but to walk in a confidence that He's the light in our life. So to really appreciate Christmas, to really appreciate the Messiah, we have to appreciate the light that Christmas represents. Number two, the Messiah came. Jesus is our greatest gift. Because the light came, and number two, because hope is here for us to rest. Hope is here now for us to rest. Not be lazy but to find rest, to find Sabbath rest, to find rest that Jesus found so important that he broke away from the busyness busyness, to place himself in in positions, postures for the purpose of rest. See, we think rest is at the end of the week, as soon as Friday hits. or we think rest is when the vacation comes. Here's what we really think rest is, uh, when the ex stops giving us problems. When they finally start sending the child support, when the boss finally lays off, we're we're anticipating. You see, it's that same thing, that anticipation, that longing, that hope. Things will be better when this happens. But guess what? Something else is going to happen when that happens. And this is part of the journey of us as Christians is learning to keep our eyes not on just laterally what's going on all around us but seeing bigger than what's going on and then listening to Jesus in the midst of what's going on. And if we haven't found the light and we haven't found the rest in the dark places and in the dark times, we'll keep doing what people have done for thousands of years is look toward the earth. Look toward people. When this situation fixes itself, then I'll be okay. Well, what if this takes 50 years? That's a long life. That's a long time to spend on something. See, Augustine said, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. Here we are, looking for rest in so many other things, so many other seasons, so many other situations. How many of you have been so tired in life at times uh, that you just can't imagine doing anything next. <laughs> usually it's when you go on vacation. For me, it takes about two to two and a half days to detox, to finally start resting. And the vacation is usually three days, right? It's just a little getaway. Yeah. And then you're like, I just started feeling good. Then you call the office, can I get one more night here? Is that possible? Because you're not accustomed to resting. And you're so tired that when you finally do rest, you recognize you haven't practiced rest in a long time. And when I say rest, I'm not talking about sleep. But trust me, that's good. I'm not talking about eating good food, and that is good, too. I'm not talking about just breaking away from the rhythms and the routines and the chaos. I'm talking about spiritual rest, eternal rest, rest in hope that God is at work in your life and in your situation. Rest that we're actually living from, not just praying for. So there's a difference. To live from something illuminates illuminates how you see the future. To just live for something and to just pray for something, but never experience it by stepping into it. It's often how people live. It's in our language. We're waiting for something to change. We're we're not looking for the rest that's currently present, that's found in Jesus. Psalm 42, David said it like this. Why, soul, are you so downcast? He's speaking to his own depression. He's speaking to his own discouragement. He's speaking to his own disappointment, and he's saying, why are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Not put your hope in the season changing. Or the circumstance changing. Put your hope in God. See, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel were living in captivity. And they've been in bondage for a long time and they're longing for hope. They're longing for freedom. They're longing for rest. And God is speaking to this. A Messiah is coming. Jesus is coming. His name will be wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The the prince of peace, These, these marks are being made, these mile markers for people to take notice of, but they can't see it. They can't hear it. They're hearing it, but they're not hearing it. They're seeing it, but they're not seeing it. They're in church, but they don't know it. They're saved, but they're missing it. They're in it at work, but they think it's just the work situation. They don't understand how the enemy works, that he works to unravel things from the places you can't see. And he does this, and he does this over and over. The, the children of Israel are sitting there grasping on to hope, looking for hope, and then God sends the gift. And he sends him in the way that people didn't think he would come. He sends the greatest gift of humanity. That's the point, the last point I want to make. Number three, we have a gift that never fades we have a gift that never fades you remember when you were a kid and you would have this anticipation of maybe writing a letter to Santa or telling mom or dad what you wanted and you'd make this list and you'd hope to make at least one or two of those out of the 10 that you put on there and when you got it you were elated you couldn't you couldn't you were beside yourself it was just the greatest Christmas ever, and then five years go, goes by, and then 10 years goes by, and the truth is, most of us can't even remember the list that we made. I, I couldn't name 10 things from 10 lists that I made to this day. In fact, I can only remember one or two of the real major gifts that I hoped for that Santa came through on, amen? Amen. We got young'uns in the building. So Santa came through. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for Santa. God speed him up this year. With those shipping containers out there in the Gulf. But those gifts faded. The love for those gifts faded. Over time, it just became, you know, like a forgotten thing. Our love for the gift faded away. See, in Jeremiah, he says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. It's one thing for us to love a gift, but it's another thing when the gift loves you back. And that's God's gift to us. I've loved you with an everlasting love. God has loved you through some of the darkest times in your life. God has loved you through some of the greatest failures in your life. God has loved you through some of your brokenness, through some of your transitions, through all of your, I don't know how I'm going to make it. God has loved you through that. And not only did he love you, he's kept loving you. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He's the gift that keeps giving back. He's the love that never fades. That is the gift that we have in the Messiah. That's the gift that we have in Jesus. See, at some point, we stop loving the gifts that are given to us. But the beauty of Jesus is that he never stops loving us. He's a gift that never fades away. It never becomes irrelevant. It never loses its power, never loses its glory, never loses its magnificence never loses its purpose in my life. It remains. It's established. But do we see Jesus that way? Or are we still looking to earth for something else to deliver? Putting our hope, like in the days of old, so many have gone before us and done. Putting our hope in something other than Jesus, the greatest gift of all. Luke chapter 19, I'm sorry, 19, verse 10 says, The Son of Man, Jesus, He came to find lost people and save them. His name, Emmanuel, means God is with us, right? God with us here, now, the light, the hope, the rest that we need. This is why Jesus came, to pull you out of the lostness that you find yourself in and establish you. That's why we're celebrating Christmas, not just the the goodness of his grace, but the continual love, the continual light, the continual hope, the continual rest that we can find in him. That's good news, isn't it? Come on, why don't you stand with me this morning? There was a season where Janelle and I uh, were were walking through with our family a succession of difficulties that just did not seem to stop. Stop. You know how when something difficult happens and you get six months out or a year out and you think, man, I'm so glad that's over, right? And then maybe something else happens. Well, this was just a continual thing for five, six years. In fact, uh, we're, we're, we're probably just now kind of coming out of it, even though we're all going through COVID with our church and dealing with all that kind of stuff. But at least personally, it's it, that's not something that's just personal. That's what everybody's going through. But, but, but I'm telling you, there, there came a place Within the last five years, and I can honestly say, this is, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. I can honestly say that there's a place I've come to just in the last season of what I'm actually talking about here. Because this is easy to preach, but just because you preach it doesn't mean you're not going to go through it. Just because I believe it doesn't mean I'm not going to have to walk through it. Just because I know it to be true doesn't mean it's not going to be tested in my life. And so the last few years, there's been a place where I've been coming to know Jesus in a way that I thought the hardest days were behind me. But the hardest days were actually ahead. The greater tests were ahead. But here's the thing. I've survived the tests. And you're going to survive them too. You're going to survive them too. What happens when we come to Jesus is we We're literally relinquishing control. That's what we're doing. We're taking the keys that we never really had in the first place. And we're giving them back to him to unlock the mysteries and the beauty of what lies ahead. The truth of what's ahead. The the stuff we don't know that he knows that he's going to unlock and give us illumination, revelation of understanding. And sometimes it comes through pain. Sometimes it comes through difficulty. Not always, but sometimes it does come that way. And I want to speak to anybody in the valley this morning. God is with you. Lift your eyes. See him. See the light. See the hope. See the rest he's trying to bring you to. Don't, don't, don't get a little taste of the light and a little taste of the rest. A little taste of the hope. And then turn back towards earth and say, okay, I got this. Now that the job's working out, or now that I found somebody new in my life, or now that this divorce is over, or now that this is gone. Now I'm good on my own. No, 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 no. Don't forget where you came from. The longing that was there will remain until it's satisfied. It's like one taco. You can't just have one. You need two, three. Can I get an amen for four? I want God in this season, after all of this COVID stuff that's been going on, here's what I want, I want for you more than anything in this Christmas season. To satisfy the longing that's been there all of your life. In the place that Jesus has not yet had access to. So you gave him your life, you gave him your soul, maybe you give him your, your salvation, but there's the longings and the places that keep you going back to places that leave you hungry and leave you thirsty. And it's in those places where Jesus says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. This is why he calls himself the bread of life and the living water. There are things he wants to satisfy, thirsts he wants to satisfy. And he wants to do that. Is this blessing you this morning? Come on, would you just close your eyes? If there is a hunger and a thirst that you know Jesus not only needs to, but wants to satisfy, would you just lift your hands or wherever you are Just between you and him, I'm just going to pray over you. I'm going to pray that God brings the light, the hope, and the rest in this moment and in this season. I want to pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit seals things. He seals our salvation. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit seals this need in this moment to solidify, establish, and give a strong foundation to your life. But you'll have a decision after this prayer. When you find yourself in the darkness you got to know what the real light is and when you find yourself in hopeless situations you got to know who the true hope is and when you find yourself in need of rest you got to remember who your true rest is Lord Jesus heal every need this morning heal every heart Lord God lift the eyes of your people today give them eyes to see the truth of what's happening Lord God as people are walking through the valley, Lord God, let them not fear the shadow of death, but Lord, but the hope of life that's found in you. Let every hurt be healed, Lord God. Help people right now, illuminate the situation, God, for them to see you've done the work, Lord, you brought it to sight, you brought it to mind, Lord God. Now establish people in their walk with you. I pray against any distractions that would come for people from here forward any counterfeits that would walk into people's lives, any false sense of reality, I pray that people would be established in you, Lord God, in ways that they never have before, God. Seal it, Lord Jesus. Do it in your mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. 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 If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.